Welcome to In the Lab with Drew Doherty and John Harris. This is a very serious podcast for very serious minded people about the sport of football. And by being very serious, you mean we're going to talk about anything and everything and we're not going to be serious. Yes, but we need to talk in our NPR voices, okay? NPR voice. This is in the lab, podcast number one. The maiden voyage, indeed. I can't do it, man. Okay. I can't. I, uh, I no, can't but, do it. But we are going to call it. We are going to call it in the lab serious. because from time to time, you and I will we'll get together and we'll we'll knock heads on stuff like, mm-hmm. you know, we'll draft five Oilers that we thought could have helped this team in 2016, or Ooh, yeah, we'll look at where the Texans' defense ranked the first eight weeks of 2017 as as opposed to 2016, and we'll point out. Interesting little statistical anomalies, maybe things you didn't catch. Yeah, just stuff see. like that. Like we just, it's it's kind of we're kind of nerding out here, but in a fun way. Yeah, a lot of times it's uh, it I don't want to say fantasy, but it's like a you know sort of like a dream. Yeah, state. it's almost kind of like a by the numbers. Mm-hmm. Like, did you know? Yes. Did you know I spent 25 minutes with Dabo Sweeney yesterday? I did, and I can't wait because we're going to have That's a big chunk of that on Texans 360 next week. Yeah. But, yeah, it's going to be up on HoustonTexans.com as well. He told he told some really good stories. Oh, I can only imagine. He's got an army of former players uh, here. Yeah. I mean, he told – I mean, we just went into everything. We talked about DeAndre. We talked about, obviously, Deshaun. He told a story about, you know, the whole Michael Jordan comment. Well, that happened at the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. And he said, he said after after he made the comment, he said he called Deshaun. He said, "Hey man, uh, here's here's the deal." He said Deshaun was like, "It's all right, coach." Yeah, that's what I mean. I'd that's expect, all you, yeah. like, mm-hmm. he was. He was amazed. I talked to him on and off the air after the event. I talked to him. It was Paul Bear Bryant Awards. Congratulations, Scott Frost, new coach in Nebraska, but he won it for his work at UCF. <clears throat> Did a really nice job. And so I got a chance to sit down with Dabo because Dabo Sweeney was one of our finalists, and. He just, he, I mean, he couldn't say enough good stuff about the guys here. He called Houston Clemson West, which That's is great. great. It was fantastic. Uh, he tells a really good story about Deshaun this summer that you'll you'll definitely want to stick around for. And he also tells you a Christmas gift that he got. Like. That he was very. I cannot wait. He was sport. He was sporting it uh, throughout Christmas. He was very happy to have gotten that. So uh, suffice to say, there are plenty of. Plenty of Texans fans now over in the Palmetto State. I like it. I'm a big fan of his now, cause just because a the connection with the Texans and Clemson. Yeah, absolutely. And then I saw that video that they put up about a week or two ago about one of the uh, student workers there that yeah, he has, yeah. yeah, who has Down syndrome, and it was it was just a really really cool uh, cool story about him, and it makes you like the guy even more. Okay, but we got to go. Back into the lab. Let's go to the lab. Let's, Let's go. go. Today's we should have like a sounder. Should should be like a oh we yeah they just heard the sounder yeah of course so here we are in the lab and today's subject for in the lab is the road record of the Texans home opponents and the home record of the Texans road opponents. So let's start first with the the, the road record. Next year, the Texans are hosting their three AFC South counterparts yes. at NRG Stadium, as well as the Cowboys and the Giants, as well as the Browns, the Dolphins, and the Bills. Yep. The only one of those eight teams to have a winning record on the road in 2017, so this the season that we just finished, only 
one of those teams was better, or excuse me, over 500 on the road. That was the Dallas Cowboys. They were six and two on the road in 2017. Normally, a t- team that goes six and two is winning double-digit games, going pretty deep in the playoffs, and doing big things. Cowboys were not good at home. They only went nine and seven. But it's my theory. My theory is this: they never truly have a raucous home field advantage, right? And they're never really in a totally hostile road environment either, because they have so many. Cowboy fans around the nation, around the world. Yeah, I remember the game in 2010 here. They had a good chunk of fans they here. They had a really good chunk of fans here. It was not Pittsburgh-like on Christmas Day, no. but they had a pretty good chunk of fans. Uh, I, I think there are a couple things that, you know, when I, when I look at it, I think of, okay, the, the team's coming to NRG Stadium. Jaguars made the playoffs. Titans made the playoffs. Bills made the playoffs. That's it. Um, those, are the only teams that, those are the teams that made the playoffs. Now, they're also the only teams that had winning records other than the Cowboys at nine and seven, which, like mm-hmm. you said, that's sort of an anomaly to be six and two and only three and five at home. So, overall, overall, those road teams, the teams that will come to Energy Stadium in twenty eighteen, were fifty and seventy eight. Now, if you take the Browns out of there, then they were fifty and fifty and sixty two, which is still not they're not still a, not good. Not yeah, a it, great, it's not just a great record. Yeah. So that that being said, the even the in the division, Jags, Titans, Colts. Now, the frustrating thing is two of those three teams beat you here at Energy Stadium. One made the playoffs and one ended up going 4-12. Um, but we all obviously know about what happened in 2017. 20-44 road record, which is, I would think, that's not altogether unusual. If you think about how teams fare home and road, if they got a good home advantage, home field advantage, that's probably about right. You know, if a team ends up winning ten games, I I, I think about the Cowboys, for instance. Yeah, I would think it would be flipped. I would think seven and one, six and two at home, then you end up three and five, four and four on the road, something like that. Well, that gets you to ten or eleven wins. It's interesting that you bring that up. That twenty and forty four. It's the worst mark, however, that the Texans have had, or their Texans opponents have had in the Bill O'Brien era. era. Coming to here to NRG Stadium. Yes. In 16, or excuse me, coming into last season. So in the 17th season, yep. the 2016 road record of their opponents was 24-40. and 40. So they were four wins yeah, better than yeah. what you're going to see this year. The year before that, 27-37. and 37, That was the high water mark for their opponents. That was the best. On the road in 2015, the Texans' 2016 home opponents went 27-37. and 37. And interestingly enough, in the 2016 season, the Texans ended up going 7-1 at home. Yeah. Losing and they also, to the Chargers. And they also won both their preseason games as well as their one playoff game. So they, they played 11 times in the building. And won that, I think, is the one thing if you if you talk to Bill O'Brien. I think uh, amongst the many things that came out of this season, I think he would tell you that, and I, and I think it was glaring on Christmas Day, They've got to get the building back to being what it was the first three years. Yeah. That it was raucous, that it was a, you know, Seattle calls them the 12s and the 12th man at A&M, so I'm not going to step on anybody's toes, but it's got to be a factor. Sure. And it always has been. You know, I see up on the video board when there's a false start, you know, fan assist, you know, false start. I mean, it's got to get back to – it's got to get back to that. Now, there are a lot of reasons – for some people, why it wasn't that way? It was this a tough year. year, man. It was it was just but, a tough. It's understandable, but, but yeah, you, you know, want like, it better. Like you said, the the road record of teams coming in here for twenty sixteen is twenty seven thirty twenty seven coming up fifteen, and they come in here and Texans go seven and one against them. They've got to get to that. They got to get to a point where when teams come to Energy Stadium, 
that 2017 was an anomaly. You come in here to Energy Stadium, and you better get ready mm-hmm. because this place is going to be loud. It's going to be raucous, and then all of a sudden they unleash they unleash the the offense on you, and you're like, oh boy! And it's a tidal wave, and it's kind of like what happened in Tennessee. You know, it's got to be like that. It's kind of like what happened at Cleveland before you blink. It's 33-3. You know, it's got it's got to so be much that it's got to be that kind of feeling when that when those teams are coming coming into this building again. So I it's interesting about the Cowboys um, being uh, that that just kind of blows my mind at six and two and yet three and five at home. So Jerry spent all that money to go three and five at home. I don't think he's happy about that. And there's going to be Cowboy fans in the building. At, you know, they're oh, in every single building around the league. So at that point. I always think about this. If you look at that that road schedule, if you think about the teams that are coming here, mm-hmm. okay, Jags, Titans, Colts, Bills, Dolphins, Browns, Cowboys, Giants. Jags were four and four. They're the only team that was at least five hundred, other than the Cowboys. Which of these home games do you think have the opportunity of being a prime time game? I think certainly the Cowboys because I think you can certainly you can, the Cowboys. You can always. I mean, they they play more than any other team in prime time. I think that is an absolute with Dak and Deshaun. That's the way you have to think about this. This sure. isn't always, well, this team was 12 wins. This team was 13 wins. Entertainment is, value. What are you looking at? Exactly. And I think because in that same vein, the Jaguars, you got to look at them now because yep. this is a ferocious defense that's now in the yep. second round of the playoffs. Taking on Deshaun Watson in this offense. Yep. Contrasting styles, if you will. I think that's absolutely uh, – got that can happen. I think the, the – the Colts are a possibility because that's been a primetime game a lot in 2016. It was Especially a if Andrew Luck's back. You do it early in the season yeah. if they should be here early could, in the season. Could be a Thursday night game. Yeah. That's yeah. what it's been the last uh, – in 15 and 14 it was a Sunday night uh, – sorry, it was a Thursday night game. Then in 16 they moved it to Sunday night. So I think I think there's a possibility for having a couple of primetime games. Mm-hmm. When you flip it over the other way, the Texans going on the road. Okay, now – okay. So basically the main idea about – 2018 and the Texans' home schedule is teams coming here last season did not do well on the road. Right. Now, it's the exact opposite. In 2017, all the places that the Texans are traveling, right. those teams were phenomenal. Yeah. On the whole, they were phenomenal. Just one team, John, just one team, the Colts, was sub-500. They went 3-5 and five last year. Every other opponent on their, their – uh, their schedule that they yeah. got to play on the road, we're at least 500. So the Jets and Broncos went four and four, and then you got the Jags six and two, Titans six and two at home, Patriots six and two at home, Redskins were five and three, three. and then the Patri- uh, excuse me, the uh, Eagles the best. You're going to Philadelphia. You're going to mm-hmm. play at Lincoln Financial. They were seven and one. Now the Eagles, excuse me, yeah, the Eagles got to play the Jags in London. That right. that came out earlier yeah, on. The th- Thursday. The three London games have already been decided. Texans on one of them. And there was chit-chat, chatter, rumors, whatever you want to call it, that the Texans were going to have to play in London, which right. I'd like in, to go to London. I in like 2018, London. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There are now, uh, Jesse Clark and I did the math on this. There are only the Panthers and the Seahawks are going. So it's the Panthers, the Texans, and one other team. There are only three teams that have not so gone to London. Th- in either 19 or 20, right. you could almost take it to the house that the Book Texans it. will play in, in one of those years in London. Yeah. And and Mike and I had heard a rumor back probably in late mid to late November, early December that if the Texans finished 
with the same finished at the same level as the Chargers. Yeah, which yeah. for a while it looked like that was going to happen. Texans in third, Chargers uh-huh. in third. That they would then meet in London. Mm-hmm. That the Chargers in that small stadium. That they're giving up a home game, no problem with. They're going to go play in London, and the Chargers have been to London before, but it was going to be the Chargers, Texans playing Chargers in London. Well, then the Chargers moved up a notch, got to number two. Texans fell to four, so that was moot. But yep. it put the Titans going to London to take on the Chargers. It's so cool with me, man. That's the second one. So you've Send got them there. You got the Eagles and Jags. You got the Raiders and the Seahawks, and then you've got the Titans and the Chargers all going to London. Now, one of the things that stands out to me on this, Drew, I'm looking at the our road schedule in 2018, mm-hmm. and you talk about the the home records. I think what's fascinating is you have you have two teams on here. One, two, three. I'm sorry, you got three teams with losing records. Not kind of the Colts. Take the Colts out of this. Jets, Broncos, Redskins. Jets five and eleven. Yet of those five, four of them they won at home. Yep. J- uh, Broncos five wins. Not a great team, but won four of them. They at hold home. serve. They hold Redskins, serve. Redskins seven wins. Five of them were at home. That's that to me is what stands out about looking at that is how proficient. They were. If they were going to get a win, it was going to happen at home. Uh, from that standpoint, and but kind of traditionally, it's on the strength of your defense. Right. You know that the home crowd fuels into a little bit of that. So, yeah, that's that's one of those things that you kind of saw come to fruition. And obviously, a lot of that's going to change from 2017, 2018 for all these teams involved. But here, here to me is is the the difference amongst many other things. Look at where the Jags and the Titans were at home. Versus where they've been, Jags six and two at home, Titans six and two, and there was a time where the Jags were at the beginning of the year. The Jags lost to the Titans at home, and like, mm-hmm. oh, they're gonna lose them. Then they lost to the Rams at home, and you thought, well, then they won every single game the rest of the year at home. Um, you know, the Titans now ended up six and two. Texans could have very easily made that five and three with a couple of plays in the fourth quarter. But that all said, you're you're bringing a little bit more ammunition to those places, places where you've been pretty successful. In the past, places and, that have been almost automatic, right? In the over this decade, right? You you can just kind of you, you could kind of count on. Oh well, it's the south. Yeah, you got. We'll that. be four and two in the that. south. Yeah. It'll be fine. Those, it's not going to happen that way anymore. But I also think the flip side of it is, I think this Texans team will be end up being much better in 2018, and I felt like they were on their way to doing that with what they had going with Sean and the offense mm-hmm. until obviously he went down, and then injuries just sort of ravaged his team all the way throughout. But the the Jaguars and Titans and, and you know I hear people talk about that well the, the division's better division's better uh, yeah I get that you know, that doesn't explain four and twelve in fact no. that that wouldn't even be at the top of my list of of why this division or why the Texans finished four and twelve but it now makes it pretty difficult to go to those places you know the Jags are taking the tarps off and you know it's going to be a tougher place to play I mean. It's just a tougher team to play. I don't think Tennessee, I'll be honest, I don't think Tennessee's as good. I just have said it. I, I think Tennessee, for some reason, Tennessee is a bad matchup for them against against the Texans. And I don't know why. But they got the win in 16 at the end of the year when we're playing a bunch of backups. Yeah, you didn't this have year, Clowney, you didn't have Joseph, you didn't, didn't have Lamar Miller. You didn't play you didn't Cushing have, in that yeah. game. You didn't play anybody in that game. And the Texans still made that a one-score game and kick an outside kick at the end of the game. If they get one stop, get the ball back, there's a chance they could tie it or go right. win it with a two. So, and then in 17, the Texans have n- nobody. Everybody's hurt. They've got 35 position players, and yet after a fourth and 19 with a minute left, they got a shot to go score a touchdown and win the game. So, 
it's I don't know, something about the Titans I'm just not completely bought into. Now, maybe this playoff run will do wonders for their confidence. I, I don't know. Um, maybe it'll help Marcus Mariota, but I'm still not sold on Mariota. I mean, he threw a touchdown pass to himself the other day. Yeah. So it's It's been anyways. weird the last two times that the Titans have gone into Arrowhead because it was this playoff game and then it was uh, late in the regular season in 16. They, they, they stole a win there. You know, it was a lot like this one. Yeah. Chiefs went up, yep, and then the Titans came back and got this. So yeah, yep. I'm I'm with you. I'm not. Uh, I don't really. I don't fear anybody on this on the schedule mm-hmm. because of who's under center. No, here's another thing in, in this uh, 2018 schedule. I thought I thought about this, and I thought, man, if we get matched, because I already well, hey, hey, doing the math. Hold, on. can you turn your Bunsen burner down just just a little bit? Yeah, flames a little high. Okay, there. Thanks. All right, got it down. Um, Let's bring the lab. These are all East Coast games. Yep, you go west. You go west of Denver, and I was and thinking, that's it. I was thinking that well, we got matched up with the Chargers and going all the way like far east coast, like beyond east coast. But these will these will all be east coast games, except for and it depends on when the Col- the Colts are because the Colts in Indianapolis they don't change they don't change the clock. They always I can't remember what it is. They just stay one or the other. But I think they always stay on the east coast. I think they? it's always on Eastern time, but I'm not a thousand percent I think, sure I think how that's that works. what it is. But either way, they they don't flip their clocks back. They just no. go central part of the year and eastern the other part of the year for what I don't know whatever. It's Indianapolis. They do whatever they want, but it's East Coast and it's hitting all the big East Coast: New York, Boston, Philly, D.C. You're hitting all of them. And at that point, I would think, I would think, I would think primetime games are going to be prevalent on the road mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna get one of those whether it's the eagles and carson wentz against Deshaun watson the game the cleveland browns fans do not want to watch yep to see what could have been uh the patriots texans considering the game that we had on uh, sunday afternoon there in week three what if the patriots were to go on and win the super bowl could that be the first thursday game could it that is it are you banking maybe too much so. oh they were a losing team you can't do that but maybe would, so would Deshaun watson overcome all that I don't know. Maybe perhaps, just... perhaps I I could I could see that. I, I'm not sure who the Patriots match up with uh, on the rest of their but I could see it absolutely. And, and if I'm not, I look. I don't want to go up to face them at all up there. But I guess if you're going to catch them week one, not bad. Everybody's healthy. Just go at it and see what you got at that point. And look, the Chiefs. Got that victory right off the bat, and that set them off to six and zero. And then all of a sudden, they had s- some various things offensively that kind of took over. I hope that wouldn't happen for the Texans, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind. That's why I didn't mind Week Three. You get it out. I don't want to say get it out of the way, but the flip side of it is you up there and win. All of a sudden, what can that mean for your season? Yeah. Carolina went up a couple weeks later and won, and then got that team back to the playoffs after being, I think, seven and nine the year before. Got Plus, them back to the playoffs at eleven five. So that was kind of a that was kind of a kickstart for that whole. Plus, if you were to get to do it the first week, you you're not coming off a game, so right, you're not hurting, and then you get an extra Five few days buy. for your, your second week game. What I thought was interesting this year is they had the Patriots playing that game, but then they had the Patriots playing about five weeks later, the before five weeks later in a Thursday night game at Tampa. Yeah, that was weird. It was kind of strange. That was weird. So either way, uh, it's look nothing. In the, I, I've realized this, Drew. And it's funny because I've thought about this a lot, but it really comes to fruition when I see the college teams, when I watch college games. And I thought about this after the Georgia-Alabama game, and I was listening to the radio calls of Eli Gold and uh, I think Scott Howard is the Georgia play-by-play man. It used to be Larry Munson, who was a legend. Um, 
but I was listening to the play calls after the game-winning uh, to a Vailoa touchdown pass and just listening to the emotion in their voice. And I realized, you know, in college you only get like two or three of those a year mm-hmm. because you're going to play – you know, an FCS team, you're going to play the bottom feeder of your conference. You boat race about four or five teams. Absolutely. If you're that good, yeah. it's, you just show up and it's like, all right, it's a Saturday. It's like, all right, let's just get this over with. Every week you know, Alabama's almost. playing Kent State or, you know, a program of that ilk, and you just know it's going to be a walkover. Every single one of these NFL games, there's a possibility for that thing to – I mean, look at the spreads. I mean, the spreads are never really more than – than ten points. It's always close. It's always very skill level is very high. There's ne- there's never a time where you feel and and you know I want to get to that point when going to New England or New England playing here has that same feel like it's a big game, but it's not where all right we got to hope just keep this under fourteen points. It is now. No, we're going toe to toe with these suckers. We got our ammunition. We got everything we need, and we're gonna go. We're going toe to toe. I don't care. If we play in a parking lot. We're, we're not intimidated by going to Foxborough. We're not intimidated playing here in NRG Stadium. We don't care if it's a playoff game. You know, that, that's where, that's where I, I – Things I, are different now. I want to see where they're – I want to see it going that way. And maybe that game in New England last year was kind of the, the shot across the bow for them to say, all right, these jokers are going to end up being pretty good. Maybe they – I say they fear the Texans a little bit, but, you know, maybe there is part of that. I think they respect them a whole lot more at the very, very least. Well, John, okay – uh, a few things, a few little notes to take. You had good etiquette as far as you, you kept your goggles on in the lab. I did. Uh, I, I used to teach physics, so I used to tell my kids to have to do that. You also know that the eyewash station in the corner has not been used, and no. we hope never to use it. Again, the Bunsen burner, maybe turn it down a little bit next right. time, just not as high. What, so. about, the, what about the in-room shower? Um, again, it's there. Okay. It's, it's working. It's capable. We just don't want to have to use it. But uh, okay. thank you very much for coming in the lab. Let's do this again next week. I think so. About a different topic that we will come and uh, make sure to let you all know about at that certain time. Right. So, in other words, we're not going to tease it. You just have to show up. That's I kind sounded of less like a media personality there and sounded more like a, like a lab a, proctor. Ah, you know? I got you. Yeah. Get it? Geeks in the lab. Do we have to wear our lab coats next time? Or? <clears throat> well, yeah, well, I've got mine on. You've got yours on. Well, Why I would we not wear it again? I, well, I know. I'm just, I'm just saying. My, my, mine's embroidered with the wrong name, though. I'm just saying. I can't see it because your pocket protector is covering up the well, I embroidery. Know, but I got, I got the Sean's lab coat, and I just brought it in oh, here. So fair enough. You know. Well, John, it was a lot of fun, and I can't wait to go back in the lab with you again very, very soon. Thank you for listening, all of you gentle listeners out there in listening. Goodbye. <laughs> Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-